live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. In 1976, a pair of angels descended into my life and changed me forever. And I really needed it because I was floundering. You see, I have a visual disability. I'm legally blind. So those of you that are sitting in the back of this audience, you're not really there. <laughs> those of you that are up front are completely out of focus. <laughs> Um, in 1976, I was in the third grade. Um, life was pretty tough. My parents had decided that even though I was legally blind, they did not want me to go to school for the blind because they didn't think that I was blind enough. And that I was kind of just a normal kid that couldn't see very good. And if I just sat up front, everything would be all right. That didn't work so good for me. Uh, so when I was in the first grade, I had Miss Himmler as my first grade teacher. And very much like her name, she was a very stern and angry teacher. She had a way of making me feel like I did not belong, that I should not be there. I was not worthy of being in that first grade classroom. I couldn't see the handwriting on the board. I couldn't see those ditto mimeograph sheets. Some of us might remember that it was like a purple ink on white predates Xerox copies. So I was just, I didn't understand anything that was happening. And she didn't like me because of that. When I was in the second grade, I had another teacher who, um, she paddled me for running in the hall. And I had been so afraid of this teacher because I, she had a reputation for paddling and that I ran back from the bathroom to get back to class on time. And Miss Himmler turned me in. And as I stood there with my head up against this cold brick wall in shame because I was about to be paddled for running in the hall, Miss Himmler leant in and got really close to my face. And she said, I always knew you were a bad seed. And I felt that way. I really did. I had drawn so far back into myself by the end of second grade, I'd sat in the back of the classroom. I had no friends. I did not know how to read. I couldn't do math. So in the third grade, I didn't want to go to school. It was just going to be the same thing all over again, right? Wrong. That's when this first angel descended down and kind of scooped me up. Mrs. Dalsass, my third grade teacher, was just magical. She was just so kind and loving and really understood what I was going through. And every day she would come into the class and she would get right down to my face level where I could actually see. And she would talk to me. And she had this kind of frizzy blonde hair and it would be all lit up with lights. And I would think, is that what an angel looks like? And she was kind to me, and she made me feel welcome in that classroom. So I was constantly like, wow, maybe I could actually be good at this school thing. Mrs. Dowsess also did something very important. She introduced me to the second angel, which is Mrs. V. Mrs. V was a first, she was in the first in a program 
It was about special education called mainstreaming. Mainstreaming is when you take a mildly to moderately disabled child and put them in a general education classroom. Up until that point, we had school for the deaf, school for the blind, school for the mentally retarded. It wasn't inclusive. So Mrs. V came into my life and she helped me with all these strategical things like learning how to read and math and here, I'll give you a Xerox copy. It was like almost golden having black ink on a white page. It seems so ridiculous now, but at the time it was unheard of. So between these two teachers, I suddenly got this drive to become a good student. And I was so happy to go to school every day and I just turned my whole life around. And this worked for me all the way through third and fourth and fifth and sixth grades. It was amazing. And then I went to middle school. Now, everybody knows that middle school is pretty hard, but I went from this kind of idyllic, small, nice, pedestrian kind of elementary school into this middle school that had 3,000 kids. And Mrs. V was on maternity leave. Suddenly, Everybody that I had made friends with was in a different class, and we were all transferring. So eight times a day, that bell would ring, and that sound would vibrate down my back, and I could get this panic attack, and I would anxiety and fear, because I would have to gather my things and make it through those hallways. I couldn't see. I had no help. I didn't have a cane. I had to find my locker that had a tiny little thing this big that said <laughs> one, four, seven. And I had to find it and trip over all these kids and then get into my locker and get the next books for the next class and then hurry to the next class. I wasn't doing very well. I was kind of floundering again. So by the time I got to high school, Mrs. V was back. That changed, that was such a game changer. It was amazing. I had new friends. I had managed to make some friends at this point. And Mrs. V was much more of a guidance counselor. She helped me to understand how to interact with other people and how to be a friend and how to do the best I can with what I had. I never became that academic success that I dreamed of being in the elementary school. But I did graduate. In my 20s, I went to art school and I found something very important about myself is that I'm a kinesthetic learner. I'm a hands-on kind of person. If you give me something, I will figure out how it works and I will be successful with it. I had moved out, I had my own apartment and I was very happily living my life. Mrs. V kind of always came through my life every six months or so. And she would check in and say how I was doing. And, you know, hey, can you come to this event that I'm hosting? I'd really need you to do some photographs for me. Sometimes I would mentor a student of hers that was having a particularly tough time. Sometimes I would go and photograph a bowling event for children with disabilities. Sometimes it would be a track meet for blind athletes. They exist. Mrs. V felt that it was always very important for me to give back to the community that helped take care of me. So 
I moved to the West Coast, and I had kind of lost track of Mrs. V. In 2014, I found out that Mrs. V had cancer, and it was bad. It was stage four, and I really didn't know what to do because I wasn't inside of her inner circle. I was so far away, and I was not going to be able to go back and be there for her like she was there for me. There was a lot of shame with that and a lot of anxiety. And I knew that I wanted to talk to her. I needed a connection. And I found a window of opportunity, and I made a phone call. And it was the perfect day to call because her cancer was in remission. She was feeling really good, and she sounded just like she did when I was in the third grade. Her voice was the same. It was so wrong and unfair. I mean, this woman is 10 years younger than my own mother. She barely has had time to raise her own grandchildren. But her cancer is in remission, and all she wants to talk about is me. How is my life? How am I doing? How is my family? How are my children? What's my career like? What's going on? And I was happy to share all of those wonderful things with her. And when I asked about her life, there was a little door there that was shut to me. And I do know enough about cancer to know that when that door is shut to you, you don't pound on it. And I felt sad that that was the case. And we got off the phone and told each other how much we love each other and how much we appreciate each other. And I kept thinking, was that relationship always that one-sided? Was she always taking care of me? It wasn't really a friendship. Well, last week at work, you see, I have this student. And I do work in special ed. And I help my student with speech therapy and physical therapy and occupational therapy. And when I can get that student to say something that everyone has said, it's not even possible for her to say three syllables. And I'm swinging her on the swing, and I can get her to say apple pie, because it's funny. And she just keeps swinging her apple pie. Yeah, she did that for me. And when she comes into that classroom, and I see that crazy blonde hair, and it's all lit up with lights, and she smiles at me, and she is so enthusiastic to be at school, to learn, to make friends, I realize that that relationship was never one-sided after all. 